Are you here? I mean, are you here now? If you're here and you're here now, then, well, that means, hey, it's happening. And that means you're listening to the Paul Leslie Hour. For that, we give our heartfelt thanks. What we've got for you today is an interview from the archives. That means old-timey. It's one of those short, sweet ones from the radio days. We have with us today actress, dancer, writer, director, Louisa Kendrick. Louisa's joined the Paul Leslie Hour to talk about her adventures in film and on the Broadway stage and in television and as well as a dancer with Jimmy Buffett and the Coral Reefer Band. Louisa Kendrick is a lovely woman. You get that from this fun chat. <laughs> now, if we could have your, your ears for just a moment. The Paul Leslie Hour is made possible by listeners like you. We depend on people to listen to the show. But also, some folks have been kind enough to be patrons of the spoken word. And to do that, all you do is visit www.thepaulleslie.com slash support. Now, with that announcement out of the way, I'll go ahead and give Paul the thumbs up, which he always knows means, Roll tape, buddy! If you're ready, let's listen together. For welcoming Miss Louisa Kendrick. Thank you so much for making the time for us. Thank you for having me. You were just mentioning that you uh, had a uh, appearance on the soap opera recently. Yes, I um, appeared for the second time on The Young and the Reckless. Um, it's a very small minor role, but it was it was great to actually be able to go back uh, back again. And I play the administrative assistant to one of the main characters, played by, I think her name is, oh, this is really bad that I'm getting this wrong, Melissa Tom, Thomas Scott. Um, she plays Mickey on the show, and I've actually been her assistant twice now. So how did you start in acting, theater, and, and dance, and the, the performing arts? <laughs> I think it probably started a little bit by by accident. I was an, an only child, and, and as you can imagine, I had a very vivid imagination. And so I think I was always into some form of theater arts, but it wasn't until I went to college, and I originally went to college as a computer science major, that I, I got bit by the acting bug and decided that I wanted to pursue it as a career. So I changed my major and auditioned for the, the department, and I got in. And I've never looked back ever since. It's been a great, wonderful experience. So where were you born? I was born in the Bronx, New York. I know it doesn't sound like I was, but I am a native New Yorker. Oh. <laughs> I grew up there and uh, went to uh, high school there, and then I went to Syracuse University. To study theater? To study theater. So how did you go from theater, I guess, just uh, from there to being a professional dancer? It was a really difficult road because I did not have years of dance experience like most of my counterparts. And, and so what it, what it forced me to do is to work really hard to catch up. 
And I spent my first couple years in New York taking every dance class and studying every genre that I could day and night. And I was literally taking classes well into well into the evening and over the weekend just to hone my skills and and I think that kind of dedication really paid off for me because I was able to achieve a lot of things that I, I, I that were unimaginable. I performed at Radio City with the Rockettes. I performed on stage for Susan Stroman and in a Christmas Carol with Tony Randall. I have danced on stage with Jimmy Buffett and it's just been one of the best experiences that I could have hoped for, given my, my late start in the industry. Growing up, what, what kind of music did you enjoy listening to? Oh my goodness, I listened to everything. I guess I was probably a more popular music fan, but my mom was a Motown fan, and so I had those influences, and um, I had quite a diverse group of friends, and, and so what they brought to the table was some country and some some rock and roll, and I had other friends that brought, introduced me to opera and musicals, and, and I think that all of those styles of music it just influenced my life, and pretty eclectic group of mix of um, genres there. And what kind of music do you listen to mostly now? Mostly now, I stick to the musicals, and, and some popular music. I, I like a lot of R&B, a lot of neo-soul things. Corinne Bailey Ray is, is inspirational to me. Um, I like a lot of music that's a mixture of a couple of different kinds of music. Like if you could throw in a little rap with rock or or an R&B sound or a gospel sound on a, on a country song, I, I like it when people infuse different types of music in, in, into their own voice, and, and that's what I find inspirational. So you were mentioning that you danced on stage with the Coral Reefer Band, Jimmy Buffett and the Coral Reefer Band. I did. How did you get hooked up with Jimmy Buffett and his his crew? It's a really interesting story. I think it was, I guess, back in 1997, I auditioned for a new musical called Don't Stop the Carnival. And it was being done at the Coconut Grove Theater down in Florida. And, and it was uh, written by Herman Woke and music and lyrics by Jimmy Buffett. And at the time, I knew who he was. I knew some of his songs. But I, but I wasn't really familiar with him as a as a theater artist. And, and in fact, this was his first production in that arena. And ended up booking the job and playing uh, the character of Lorna who was the, you know, the sassy island receptionist, which was a perfect part for me. And it was such a wonderful experience, you know, when you're when you're working with someone who's creating something from the ground up. And, and, and he was so open to our input and, and, and what we all had individually to offer. It made it an incredible experience. And I'm still friends with so many of those people to this day. Um, and once we were done, you know, Jimmy asked a couple of, of us, he said, you know, would you like to come on tour? And, um, some of us performed with him. We just came out and, and did a number at, at Madison Square Garden once after that. And, and it wasn't really my thing, rock and roll. I think I just didn't know what the possibilities were. I was pretty much on the Broadway track. But I said, you know, I, I'm, I don't know if I'm interested in doing this, but I have a friend who would be really great. And I introduced them to Heather D. Perry, who went on to tour with them for t- over 10 years. Um, and that ended up being a really nice thing. And, and of course, I went my way and, 
and did the national tour of Beauty and the Beast. And then um, Jimmy and Mike, his production manager, they called me and they're like, okay, we have one dancer, but it'd be really nice if we had two. Don't you want to come on the road? And, and you know, at this point, I was like, you know what? It just sounds like a lot of fun. So, yeah, I will go on the road. And, and there it was. And I got to tell you, it is the best job that you can have in this industry. I mean, apart from loving what you do and, and, and doing it in in the environment that is Margaritaville, it just, I, I wouldn't have traded it for the world. It's one of the best experiences I've ever had. Was there, you mentioned earlier that, that you're still friends with some of the people on the Coral Reefer Band. I was wondering, along that same kind of line, was there anyone in the band you felt really close to, like they were just, you felt like they were an especially good friend of yours? You know, while we were out on the road, it's so interesting because you, like, the times that I was out, that like, we had so much downtime. And I, and I think that, um, I think I was so focused on other things that I want to do that I really didn't get a chance to, to get to know too many people while we were out there. We had this great working relationship and we were together. It was good conversations and good fun. Um, but it wasn't until I left the show, um, I'd become really close with Tina. And it's been a really nice pleasure getting to know her in a way that I wasn't able to do while we were on the road. Because I think sometimes when you have your downtime, you want to connect with your family and your friends because you're away from them. And, and you want to explore and you want to work on projects. And, and I think that I was so focused at that time on other things that I didn't, that I didn't get the chance to know too many people. But after leaving, it was just really been invaluable to get to know Tina. She's a lovely lady. And we actually probably hang out more now that we're not working together than we did when we were. So so that's been a great experience. So uh, you were mentioning earlier about Till We Stop Having Fun, which you had a hand, of, well, I guess from the writing angle <laughs> and more. I did. I, I am a writer, and I finished the completion of producing my first short film called Till We Stop Having Fun. I, I wrote it, I produced it, and I actually starred in it. And it was co-produced by a company called Cedar Street Productions. And if you go to www.cedarstreetproductions.com, you can see the film streaming on the web. And Till We Stop Having Fun is a romantic comedy about one woman's quest for love and a life with, but preferably without commitment. So it's basically a twist on the commitment phobia of couples, whereas in this example, the story, our heroine is the one that's afraid of commitment. And it's a cute little entertaining story. It's about 20 minutes, and we have been sending it around for festival consideration. And I learned a lot about the filmmaking industry, which is what brought me to Los Angeles from New York. And I'm really excited about the project, and I'm really proud of it. I got to work with a really group of talented people whom, upon reading the script, just opened up their whole creative outlets to me and have just made this, this project such a wonderful piece of work. I'm really, really proud of it, and, and hopefully we'll get into a few festivals and people can see it across the country. So with all these things that you've been involved in, from acting, theater, dancing, writing, it seems like it's been a very full life for you. Is there anything in the future or that maybe you're working on now that you're excited about or that you just maybe right now is just a dream and you're just thinking, I'm interested in getting involved in? 
Yeah, I think I'm, I'm just interested in, in seeing how far all of these things can take me. Um, right now, I'm looking to direct, and so what I would really like is to direct one of the properties that I've written. I, I've written uh, television pilots. I have a couple of stage plays and a couple of stage musicals that I've written, and, and I've also written a couple of other feature-length films. And I think I'm looking to just see how how far the road of writing and, and, and directing can take me and producing, of course, because, you know, having a hand in, in, in the creative side, the other side of producing a product is so stimulating has been to me. I never thought that anything other than acting would be able to do that. And so I think that if I could just continue to act and, and continue to learn as much as I can about television production, writing for television and film, I think that that would just be the icing on the cake. I, I feel like I am already so blessed that I've been able to sing and dance and make a living doing it. I'm just really happy with all of the things that I've accomplished, and I and I look forward to greater success. I guess maybe commercial success. I don't know. I don't think we do it for that. If you're an artist, I'm definitely excited about getting my projects out there and, and seeing what the world can has to offer. I have one more question. Given that this program goes out all over the world, what would you, Miss Louisa Kendrick, like to say to the world? <laughs> oh my goodness. Gosh, I don't I don't know. I, I mean, I guess one of the biggest things that I'm trying to do in my life is just to be extraordinary, to be the best you and and to trust in your dreams and your abilities and know that, you know, you, if you put that energy out there and you work really hard for something, the good comes back to you. So, I guess I I'd, I'd say to people, be your extraordinary self. Very well spoken. Thank you. <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time, and congratulations on all your successes. Thank and, you so much. And I know they'll continue. Thank you. Thank you for stopping by today. If you enjoyed our program, consider telling a friend about it. The Paul Leslie Hour is made possible through people just like you. So you want to keep the show going, right? Go to thepaulleslie.com. That's thepaulleslie.com. Click on Support the Show. And thanks to everyone who contributes. Performance of the intro music is courtesy of John Primerano, The Entertainer, written by Scott Joplin. End credit theme music is courtesy of John Primerano, the traditional song, Corina, Corina. Your announcer is Dan Gold. Hey, that's me. The show is hosted and produced by Paul Leslie. And we'll see you next time on the Paul Leslie Hour.